Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. They're looking to put the icing on the cake here. Oh, they've got the goal. They've got the third. So unfortunate for England. It's gone in off Millie Bright. And start the celebrations. They're into the final. Most definitely now. Scott round the corner. Welcome back to Upfront at the Euros. I'm Flo Lloyd Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. The semi finals are here. England riding to Sheffield to face Sweden. Can the Lionesses overcome their semi final hoodoo? Or the Olympic silver medalists spoil the party? Boo! On the other side of the draw, Germany haven't conceded a goal yet and they've never lost to France at a major tournament. But Le Bleu are bristling with attacking talent. Will things go differently this time? We're here to dig into both matches and you know us. We're going to put in all our flagpoles in all of the sand once again. And for all. Guys, what do you think about my French pronunciation I of thought Le that was, oh, I didn't like it. I just, really? I didn't, yeah. Would, you you, you, you tell me, like how should I do it? Flourish, you know, like French flourish. You know, get into it. Le bleu. Le, le bleu. Remember how we used to say um, Jean-Luc Vasseur? We couldn't just say his name. Jean-Luc Vasseur. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, it. you're right. I'm more of a Germanic gal, you see, so French isn't really my bag, so it's a bit harder for me to do, but I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Um, Let's get stuck into the football, because we can do a little bit of language stuff as we go, really. Uh, England <laughs> versus Sweden. You speak Swedish? <laughs> Tonight, Tuesday, um, I don't even know one word in Swedish, actually. How do they say hello? Tack. Hello? I, know, I think tack is tack. thank you. It's thank you. Okay, tack. 
So thank you very much. England versus Sweden, Tuesday tonight, 8 p.m., Bramall Lane, Sheffield, the heart of Yorkshire, one of the best cities in the world. It's going to be an iconic evening. Chloe, how hyped are you on a scale of one to hyped? I can't bloody wait. I'm literally sat here in a shirt. That is how formal this occasion is, okay? I've dressed up for what's going to be an amazing semi-final. And massive shout out to Tongue Tied because they've sorted us out with some incredible tickets to actually go up there in person so I can join you guys up there in a Roxy action. And we've even got a little mini bus back. It's going to be about three o'clock in the morning and I'll probably be absolutely hanging out of my arse by four o'clock. But I cannot bloody wait the atmosphere is going to be insane yeah i mean it's going to be disgusting and i'm just so excited for that um yeah it feels like christmas it really feels like christmas woke up at six this morning i was like oh oh it's gonna be a big day it's gonna be and i feel positive i feel really positive i feel like do you know what this could be a history making uh little day for all of us and um yeah that's that's my big summary flow i just um yeah i've run out of adjectives to describe how i'm feeling I mean, unlike Chloe, Rachel and I can't drink on the job, um, but we are looking forward to it just as much. Um, Rachel, what's your plan of action in the in the fan van? Because that's where all the magic happens, you know? Well, just to rewind quickly, I do kind of wish, I mean, obviously I would never drink on the job, but geez, it would help settle my nerves because I am stressed. Um, the fan van is going up to Sheffield straight after we finish recording this podcast. Um, we've got a few bits of media to do beforehand and uh, I'm going to dump my kid at the ground as soon as it opens and come back and enjoy the fan march um, which should hopefully be a good one I hope some England fans get involved in the Swedish fan march because it's good fun yeah I I can't decide whether I want to get involved um, Rachel because not that I want to like have a, a, a massive rivalry with the Swedish fan march but like it's not like when I went to Sweden Netherlands and I was very much there as a neutral like I do really want England to win. So it just feels strange to be like, yeah, Sweden, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then be like, right, see ya. I hope that you're crying in the next hour and a half. Bye. Like, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm weird. not suggesting you go and join in the, the Sweden chants, but like, it's good atmosphere that like, it just kind of gets you buzzing for the match. Um, I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I'd do it. Otherwise, we just yeah. look like boring England fans that once the march is done and be like, Right, so best get to the match and like just have a little stroll down to down to Bramall Lane, which is just a bit, you know. Uh, this is like a fun no, party I way agree, to get to the ground. I love it. Just no, stand, true, stand true. on the sidelines with a big a big drum and just drown them all out and shout abuse at them. That sounds like a much better alternative. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a great time. Do that. Why do people hate us? Oh, <laughs> no, you could do that, Chloe. Um, right, let's get stuck into the football. Um, Sweden versus England is probably one of the games that people had mapped out really in this tournament because Sweden came into it as the bookies favourites and England came into it as host favourites and also the romantic favourites and also playing very well. So we've, it was kind of inevitable that we would reach this point, right? On one side, we've got Serena Wiegmann, who's been there since September, a group of young players and a little bit of experience that she's trying to get over the line. And then you've got Sweden, so much experience, a little sprinkling of youth, and then Peter Kudhardson at the helm, who's been there since 2017. So this is kind of, for me, like yin and yang-ish, but playing, you know, both fairly aggressive attacking styles of football. Guys, I'll start with you, Rachel. How do you think this is going to go down? I think it's going to be a really tight match. I think 
both teams, obviously both teams are desperate to get into the final, but we all keep talking about England's semi-final hoodoo, given this is their fourth semi-final in a major tournament in a, in a row. Um, so they're obviously desperate to get into that final. But for Sweden, similar kind of situation, bronze, two silvers, they'll desperately want another shot. Um, to win a trophy so there's going to be that vibe in both teams Um, and I think obviously Sweden have that extra element of knocking out a host nation they'll desperately want to do that as well Um, so I think it's almost pointless looking back at at their form coming into this game I feel like once we get to the knockout stages it's a one-off you have to give absolutely everything to that one game and not think beyond it whereas in the group stages you know you've got two more games one more game you have to kind of bear that in mind in terms of rotation and players whereas with this it's all or nothing and I think Austria Belgium Netherlands even kind of proved that that you have to do absolutely everything put your bodies on the line um, and they kind of showed that maybe not the Netherlands, but Austria and Belgium played very different football kind of to what they'd played in the group stages. They were much, much better. So for me, it's a difficult one to call because I think both teams are coming at this in a very different way to how they came up in the group stages. I've got to agree with a lot of what Rachel just said. I think um, obviously the you know the Swedish side, they do have a European championship under their name um, a, a few decades ago, gathering dust somewhere in a in a lovely little uh, trophy More cabinet than us. somewhere. And it's... Pro- more than us. That's like, that wasn't a dig. That wasn't a dig at all. Um, so I'm imagining that their, their, little, uh, their medals will be one to the little friend, little companion this year. However, um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because obviously what you want to do is look at the form um, of the teams in the group stages and in the, uh, in the quarterfinals. But it is a completely different kettle of fish now. And, um, you know, I think you can take away some of the, the strengths and weaknesses from what we've seen uh, in the sides, in the group stages, in the quarterfinals. But realistically, it's going to come down to the actual, the, that moment, that, that 90 minutes or, or 120 minutes uh, and those penalties as well, if it, if it, if it does go to that. And um, yeah, I think they've both been very consistent throughout the group stages and into the quarterfinals. So I think it's going to be in a very evenly matched battle. Um, yeah, I do fancy England's chances. Uh, I do think the Swedish setup and their style of play is more suited to how we are more likely to get success rather than, you know, someone like Spain and France who come out very intense, very attacking, uh, very direct. And I think we struggle with that in the first opening minutes of the game. So Sweden, I don't think we're going to see that style. But I, I, yeah, they're a big threat. They've got a lot of quality, a lot of talent on that on that pitch. But, but so have we. On the reverse of that, though, I think our style will suit Sweden better than some of the other teams that they've come up against because we will come out and attack. And I think a lot of the, some of the teams they've played against in the group stages sat back a bit more. um, So they had to break them down more. And I think, uh, I think it was Jonas Eidevel saying that England's style of football will actually suit Sweden more um, because there will be those opportunities to get in uh, behind. So while their style might suit us, I think our style might suit them. I feel like we're just going to end up having this like stalemate where neither side can figure it out because uh, we, we, we suit each other and we're evenly matched. Um, but here's hoping for a good one. Can you imagine? It's just 90 minutes played in the midfield and no one, <laughs> no one shoots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm really intrigued how things pan out because... These are two teams that really like to use the width. Jon Andersson, who has been you know, really important for Sweden on that left-hand side of this tournament, will not be playing because she hasn't yet recovered from COVID, which is a massive loss for them on that left-hand side. Hannah Glass should be returning. Kosvara Eshlani, there'd been doubts about her fitness, but Goodhardson said yesterday that uh, she, she, she'll she be available for the game. So although they won't have Anderson, they've got a fairly fully fit squad there. Um, 
the, the, the width is going to be so, so crucial in this game and it feels like it's going to be a battle. But you have to say that Amanda Nielden on that left-hand side, she could be a bit of a target for England in the absence of Jonna Anderson. And I feel like Beth Mead and Lucy Bronze to an extent are going to absolutely go for her tonight because, you know, she's she's less experienced than Jon Anderson. She didn't have the best game uh, against Belgium either. And, you know, in the absence of having that confidence, that player who's played with the group for a fairly long time now, you just want to want to gonna go for that weak link, surely, Rachel? I think that's what Belgium did. Um, and I, for the second half of that um, Sweden-Belgium game, I was sat on that side of, uh, of Sweden. So their left side coming towards me, if you like, attacking. And it felt like it... It lacked there. There wasn't enough of a link up between fullback um, and Friedlina Rolfo wasn't able to get on the ball as much. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like she could impact the game the way we're used to seeing her do. Um, and she had to go back a bit deeper, I think, to get the ball. Um, but then, you know, at the same time, Sweden are going to look at that and say, right, this is an area we need to work on. So, you know, it's not like they're going to necessarily set up and do the exact same thing that they did against Belgium. Um, we know Rolfo can play uh, left full-back position as well. So, it, it, yeah, if, she, if they can get her into the game, um, while we can maybe target that side, she's also quite a dangerous threat. I think but what I would say on that, I mean, there's a lot of youngsters now who have come into the competition, um, you know, sometimes, you know, through um, you know injuries and things that have happened, unexpected situations or through substitutions. And, you know, the youngsters that I've seen, you know, coming onto the pitch are very keen to make a very big first impression. You know, we've seen it with our youngsters, you know, Russo and Toon for us, you know, big players in our domestic league and wanting to make a massive name for themselves on the international stage. We've seen Basha come on for France and do incredible things. We've seen Dom Salah come on, um, you know, and she's been absolutely incredible. So I think there's there's a lot of youngsters who want who are wanting to impress their size, are wanting to get their shirts and keep their shirts. So, you know, just because they're maybe inexperienced at, at this level or, or youngsters to the game, I, I think that can also work as advantage. Was it is it kin, Kinniard? How do you pronounce? Um... I I don't know if it's Kinnerid or Kinnerard or. Okay, well, uh, I'll pronounce. She's I'll probably, had a good tournament. She has had a very good tournament. I don't want to uh, butcher her name, but she's impressed me. Um, I I kind of she stood out for me against Switzerland more because she played like a young player you know what I mean like she was really enthusiastic really um, getting forward with the ball but her decision making wasn't quite there and through the tournament then through the next couple of games that has improved already um, and she's played better and better each time so she impressed me uh, when we're talking about youngsters um, and she could be quite key for Sweden as well in terms of getting forward yeah, and she, I think she scored in their in their warm up game against uh, against Brazil, which kind of inspired that three one comeback. And I'd actually never really heard of her until then. And then that kind of put her on the map. And then I've seen her really good performances when she has been involved this tournament and been impressed. So it's going to be interesting to see how Good Hudson uses her. I mean, he's talked about England, talked about Sweden. Sorry, WSL experience in his squad, which is obviously really important. I mean, there's going to be lots of players who are very familiar playing against each other. Um, and it's also a bit of a tactical battle as well because these are two very good coaches. You know, Serena Bigman has already shown how impressive she is, not just because what what she's done with, with Holland, but, you know, in the short space of time she's been with England, she's really kind of transformed them and, and some of these players individually. So it's it's going to be, I think... 
a real uh, chess match and and Goodhartson has kind of already sort of tried to psych out Vigman I think in his pre-match chat talking about you know I'm gonna have we're gonna have this good plan it's gonna be a very very good game plan you know it's we're gonna be having extremely like good Trump. extremely good <laughs> I've plan. got a good plan um and uh, yeah I think I think there's kind of some kind of pre-match psych out tactics going on I mean Chloe do you think Sweden are going to try and and do what Spain did, which is, you know, suffocate England a little bit in the press? Or do we think that they're going to try and stick to what they do best, which is still, you know, try and win the ball in high areas, but it's not the like two, three man press that Spain do that is, you know, so key to their style? I think... um... You know, tactically speaking, I think that would be their best bet. Um, I don't think we cope well under pressure, essentially, um, especially in the in the opening moments of the game. I think if they were to come out on the front foot, um, I think that would be um, us being able to... Well, I think maybe it is a chess battle because you think, OK, well, that's what they could do. But then Serena's probably got tactics in place to counteract that. So it's, it's almost like... Um, you know, the more people you have up front, the more susceptible you are to the counter-attack at the back. So it's, um, you know, and we're good with that situation as well. So it's a it's a risky strategy to, to sort of incept at the, in the opening minutes of the game. But I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to be, you know, nil-nil into the, the dying minutes of the game that both teams decide to press on, become more attacking. And that's obviously where the opportunities are going to um, open up a little bit more. And I, and I do think that it could it could very much, very much go that way. Yeah, Rachel, and do we think as a result of that, do, do we think that Wiegmann's going to stick to her routine of saving the best till last, saving her, her subs? Do you Or do you think she's going to bring about some changes tonight? So in the lead up to this, I felt like she'd probably stick to the same, uh, same 11 and same kind of subs. But, you know, Sweden have been saying a lot we know who, what England are going to play. We know what they're going to they're going to do. We know what players are going to come out. You know, and they're obviously very much praise the team. Have said they played great football throughout the tournament. But that is something that is an element that maybe teams have on England is that we've played the same starting eleven for four matches. Um, so does that give you a bit more insight? We know that Sweden have a very very good uh, analytics team in the background um, they're the ones who put together those those shirts uh, where they gave you all the details of how to beat each player which was um, fun uh, but yeah I think I think like Serena's going to have a plan A a plan B and a plan C just like um, Sweden are but I think that I, I felt going into it she was going to have the same 11 now I'm starting to doubt myself I'm wondering if she's got like an ace up her sleeve uh, and going to maybe do something different that Sweden aren't expecting but then my head says to me, Serena isn't going to try something that she's not going to be 100% confident in in a semi-final of a major tournament. So, like, head and heart, I don't know which one's going to win out. I think, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think the only change we might see is Alex Greenwood coming in for Rachel Daly just because of how how bad Rachel Daly was tormented in that Spain game. But I don't think we're going to see Alyssa Russo start as much, uh, as much as I want to see her start. I think we'll still see Wiegmann look to roll the dice and use those players as, as uh, you know, impact subs in the 60th minute, depending how the game's going, could be earlier. Um, now is the time, gals, because I need you to be sticking your poles in the sand and telling me... Who is going to win this game? Is it going to be England? Is it going to be Sweden? You could even give me a scoreline if you wish. Chloe, 
what do you think what do you think is going to happen how's it going to go go down oh well i have missed the poles and flags in the sand thing <laughs> i haven't um, it's, it's been, been a while, while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say England for the win. I think it's going to happen in extra time. Oof. Oof. Baby. I, I kind of agree, Chloe. I think it's going to go to the death. It's going to be a very tight match, Ooh. I think. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with what Chloe said as well. I'm putting my flag next I... to Chloe's pole in the sand. We'll be pole pals. Love that. The flags, the poles are in the sand. I obviously have to go with an England victory in this. Like, come on, I couldn't. But I'm going to go for 90-minute victory. I'm going to say they're going to do it in the, in the full 90. I prefer that. save us the agonising uh, heartbreak and stress of extra time. And we're going to get an extra little bit of rest before the final as well. So uh, there you go. Be interesting to see what happens. And... Um, you know, for all the Swedes out there, all the other European nations who may be plotting or awaiting England's downfall, you never know, guys. Maybe for once, don't say we it. We may actually don't prove people wrong. Okay, I thought you were going to say something else. It's all right. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. We've got to save that. We've got to save that. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Of course, there is another semifinal going down. Uh, Germany versus France at Stadium MK in Milton Keynes. There is a tra- train strike as well, so uh, just FYI, if you are going to the game, start walking um, now. Obviously, the you know the union's got to do what the union's got to do. People got to strike. We support the strikes, but um, you know, plan plan your trips accordingly, guys. Um, it should be a brilliant atmosphere because it's a big old stadium, and for the group games, we didn't see. Uh, the stadium fully open so I'm excited to see what it's going to be like absolutely packed two of the best teams in the tournament if not you know the best within this final four now and uh, we've been talking so much about France's attacking prowess and how good they are going forward even without Kototo Um, and in the same side of things we've seen Germany just be absolutely ruthless efficient and only really for spells during that Austria game 
and across this entire tournament, we haven't really seen them tested. They haven't conceded a goal. Rachel, this is going to be a very, very exciting semi-final. Yeah, um, very spicy. I think it's very much going to depend how Germany managed the first half. Um, I think France are going to continue to come out quickly. Um, and they're going to have to score. If France want to go to win it, I feel like they have to score in the first half because uh, they just don't seem to want to score in the second half of games, which is something Germany will know as well. And, and if they can kind of keep them quiet, maybe that will get in the heads of the French. Um, so yeah, I think France is going to come out of the blocks. Diani, Cascarino, Mallard probably, um, Georu, they're all going to be wanting to get a get an early goal. Um, and push the Germans back but on the flip side Germany while they defend very well they press really high we saw how good their press is against Austria um, that's how they got both of their goals so it'll be interesting to see how France deal with that I don't think France were hugely tested defensively throughout the tournament so yeah both teams maybe we're going to see something from them we haven't really seen throughout the tournament yet yeah I think um I mean, we're both on the same page today. I mean, we're um, always on the same page, roughly. You yeah, and me. I mean, our polls just, just makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I've got to agree. I think France for me have looked the most threatening throughout the entire competition. But that has always come in the first half. They do seem to drop off quite a lot in the uh, in the second half. So I, I do think they're going to have to start converting some of their chances. I think um, one of my biggest concerns for them, especially in the the Holland game, was how many chances they had and how the the, the how low their conversion rate was because that that's not that wasn't good enough I mean I appreciate that Dom Salat obviously had a fantastic performance at any opportunity just to mention her name apologies mm-hmm. um but at the same time they've got to be more clinical and I think that's something that the German side definitely have the upper hand on I mean they are a team who love to score goals and we've seen it throughout the entire competition I mean they've had 11 goals uh, four clean sheets um they're an efficient side so I think if France don't convert more of their chances I think Germany will walk away with the victory but I think Generally speaking, talent-wise, I, I think France have the upper hand. It's just how they utilise it. I just think there's something about this German team, though. We know that their history in this tournament is strong. They've won it eight times, won six in a row at one point. But they haven't had much success in this competition since they last won it in 2013. They only got to the quarterfinals in the last edition in 2017. Only got to the quarterfinals of the 2019 World Cup. So it's been a a barren couple of years or couple of tournaments for Germany, which is very unlike them. And it feels like they're at the start now of a, a very, a very exciting uh, new cycle with some really, really exciting young players and also some still that experience to carry them through. They just seem to be built different in this tournament and they're just being very smart as well, which is what kind of terrifies me. Alexandra Pop is having a phenomenal tournament. You know, she's really leading them on the pitch um, and they are just so, so well organised. And every single game I've watched, unlike England, unlike Sweden, you know, in some of their games when they were up against, you know, up against the, the, the wall a bit in that Netherlands game, like... I haven't seen Germany flinch. I haven't seen Germany sweat yet this tournament. And that's not just because they haven't conceded. Like I genuinely just, apart from the times when Austria hit the post, it wasn't like Austria were bombarding them with chances. Like some of those opportunities when Austria did hit the woodwork kind of came out of nowhere. So I'm what sort of terrifies me about Germany and why I think France won't be ready for them is just they are yet to really sweat. 
And I feel like their approach to games is so smart, is so well organized. Like every single set piece, they look dangerous. Every single time they're on the ball, they look dangerous. And France do have their air too, but France do do still look kind of nervy and shaky at the back. I mean, Rachel, you went to all of their group games and their quarterfinal games. So how, like, what do you think, how do you think their, their defense is looking at the moment? Yeah, I probably agree. Shaky is the wrong word, right? I think because we've talked so much about their um, wingers and their forwards and their midfield, um, I don't want to say the defense is the weakest area, but it probably just hasn't been tested as much. Um, I'd also say when you look at goalkeepers, uh, Peru Manion is obviously a very good goalkeeper, but for me, is a little bit more chaotic than Fromm's, say. So I feel like if it came down to a corner or a set piece, are we more likely to potentially see a mistake from her than we are from's? Um, you've obviously got giant leader Wendy Reinhardt in the back. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think because we ha- it feels like we haven't seen them tested as much in the tournament, it's quite hard to call. But at the same time, not hugely tested, still only winning games by a goal other than the, the Italy game. You know, still only drawing 1-1 with Iceland, still only beating the Dutch 1-0 from a penalty. Um and yeah, I just, I think, as you say, Germany are efficient and clever with their use of the ball. So I'm excited to see that backline test. I'm excited to see both backlines tested, to be honest, and see how they handle it. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite an open game. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances, a lot of shots, a lot of shots on target um, from, from both sides. Because I think um, the play will open up quite quickly where, um, you know, France are always going to start on the front foot. And I think Germany will also start on the front foot. And when you've got such attacking presence from both teams, I think obviously, like I said before, like the space will open up from behind. So I think um, those opportunities will exist. And um, yeah, I think you're completely right, Rachel, sort of looking back at their performances whilst they have been very efficient and clinical. I mean, the last game they had, um, I, I don't I don't think that was particularly the case. Um, but I do think it's going to be quite an evenly matched battle again. So I can see this one going into mm, extra time or penalties, I reckon. I'm thinking yeah. this might go to pens, you know, guys. And I'm excited to see the managers on the sideline as well because Corinne Diacra, uh, she just looks like a Bond villain at the moment standing <laughs> on the sidelines. Like, she doesn't flinch. She just has this, like, permanent, intense stare that she kind of looks at the players like. And she's she's absolutely terrifying. Whereas Martina v- v- Vostecklenburg has been under the cosh a little bit because of the fact that, that Germany haven't performed that well in major tournaments recently. And she's kind of been under pressure a little bit to do well because she's been in the job since 2019. 2019 World Cup wasn't a particularly good one for them. So, like, she needs to have a fairly decent tournament. So she's also under pressure, but she doesn't have this Bond villain aura around her like Corinne Acra uh, does. So I'm really excited to see what happens on the sidelines as well because I feel like... I don't know. I feel like Germany are just going to cope with the heat a little bit more because of that that curse that was sort of lifted by France with that quarterfinal win. Like... I even watching it on TV and not being in the stadium, like I could feel there was a tension and there was a pressure, and I just haven't seen that with Germany whatsoever. I, I was at two of their group games at the quarterfinal, like they just seem to ooze confidence. And even though France are very confident going forward, they just don't seem they don't seem to play like a confident team. And I don't know if that's the tension of what we know is being on behind the scenes before with Korean Diacra, but Rachel, I don't know. You've been to all of their games, like I said. Like, what's your what's your vibe check? Give me a vibe check on France. Am I am I reading into things by saying there's tension there? Uh, maybe a little bit. I think 
we expected that from France, given everything we know that's going on. Um, and they've seemed quite cohesive um, during the tournament. You know, they've they they seem like a, a very happy squad on the pitch. But in saying that, like you said, we haven't massively seen them under the caution, seen them under pressure, and that's when that's when that kind of camaraderie is really tested. So. In terms of vibes, I think, yeah, they seemed fine. Yeah, the Dutch game was a little bit tense because they just weren't putting chances away. And I think it's how they let that get into their heads. Um, and they haven't necessarily let it because they've ended up going on to win the games. Although the Iceland game, they did concede that penalty. But um, I think if we do end up going into extra time again in such a big game, if they're not getting those goals how they're going to manage that on the sideline, how they're going to manage that with each other. We could be wrong. They could come flying out the blocks and get a couple in in the first half and then <laughs> it'll be a different story. But um, I just feel like that kind of side of things, that mentality side of things hasn't been, had to be massively tested. I like that aspect of the French side though. I like like they play like Mavericks. they're all on fire and it's the, it's the last minute <laughs> of the final for the first half. And that's just how it feels. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much happening. What what the hell? Like they've already had four chances and we're only 30 seconds into the game. <laughs> like I love that. And I think actually it works <laughs> for their energy. Um, so I think that that is going to be one of their biggest threats because even though, yeah, they can't sustain it into the second half, like that kind of pressure for 45 minutes is absolutely killer. And I, and I do love that French passion i think that's um that's a very unique individualistic um sort of style of play for them so it's part of the culture right the french just are chaotic let them let them be themselves they're passionate like they're fiery i love that and you know what it'll be it'll actually be brilliant to see france you know potentially get to the final just like being really chaotic because we've seen the men's and women's teams across France be super chaotic and sometimes have success and sometimes go down an absolute ball of flames but Obviously, 2018 Men's World Cup, they won and they were a really united, happy squad under Didier Deschamps, which was a absolute, complete mood change from the previous ones. And then we've still got to Corinne Diacre here. She's creating this chaos, but that team might just go out and win it in, you know, completely in spite of her. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they can do. But it is, of course, polls in the sand time. I have to push you guys for a prediction. Rachel, hit me. What's going to happen? Germany and extra time. Wow. Okay. I say France wrap it up in the first half. <laughs> Four <laughs> nil. Based on, based on what I've said, yeah. First half um, mentality monsters are at it again. I've kind of shot myself in the foot here. I'm saying like eight nil first up, First 10 minutes. Easy. <laughs> eight, nil. <laughs> eight nil the first 10. Easy. Job done. Um, I'm going to say this is going to go to pens because we are yet to see pens. And uh, it's about bloody time we get some pens, and I'm sure as hell do not want those pens to be in the England game. So I'll if they let come tonight, France... I'm going to be really annoyed at you because you've said this. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to let France and Germany take one for the team. But actually, Sweden lost that penalty shootout in 2021 Olympic Games. So I hope that will curse them anyway. Tonight. We've but lost penalty shootouts twice story. in European Championships, but let's just yeah. But let's not forget it's, it's, the, most recent, that. it's okay. the most recent ones that count. That's the only ones <laughs> okay. that people care about. <laughs> It's literally a one-year limitation those, period. Yeah, so, those um, players are yeah. literally mm. those players are literally still scarred from the experience, and that's all that matters. Anyway, yes, thank you. that's um, the only time I think me and Flo have agreed about five podcasts. Anything. Thank you for listening to Upfront. If you've got any questions, you can tweet us at Football Ramble, at Floyd Tweet, at Girls on the Ball, or at Morgie underscore eighty nine. We're going to be back on the Football Ramble feed on Thursday after those semi-finals. 
Woo! Here we go. See you then. Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 